Welcome back to Batting Around. It's Batting Around. It's Baseball Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Jane, and with me as always is Lauren. Uh, I'm, I'm the shy halud. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shy halud. And Steven. Yo. <laughs> so, so, did you see Dune? I saw Dune twice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to it again. I'm going to it tomorrow. I saw it on HBO Max. Mm. Uh, the day it came out, but I'm gonna go uh, see it in theaters tomorrow. Can't I can't recommend the theater going experience enough. I have not seen Dune yet. I went and saw the French Dispatch, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was lovely and charming. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's so funny to me That's that like incredible. any other week of the year. There would be so much fucking discourse about a new Wes Anderson movie, especially one as like twee and coy as this one is. Oh yeah. But because it's the Dune weekend, no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. They're all so mad at Dune, either about Dune or about the discourse of Dune, that no one has noticed that America's most foppish d- director has released his his most like twee uh, precise film to date, and it's great. <laughs> I'm surprised that just. That yeah, like there just isn't more Wes Anderson versus like Marvel discourse. I think that's something that we should like engineer to happen. Yeah, he needs Ooh, to say yeah. something. He needs to put out like a statement about how they're not real authentic movies or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would really love that. That would be very fun discourse. Or even like, better, he just needs to say that he wouldn't do one. He doesn't need to say anything about them. He just needs to say, like, <laughs> oh, I would yeah. the, They really hate that. That would be plenty. <laughs> that would be like six months of, of drama. From, from people saying, like, well, he's he wouldn't make a movie diverse enough for it to be a Marvel movie anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Last Duel in the theaters last week. Oh, how was that? How was that? I, I liked it. I didn't know much about it going in because Disney did, like, no, like, no fucking advertisements for it ahead of time. There wasn't really much talk about it beforehand. Uh, I didn't bother looking up, like, the historical well, that shit's <laughs> events fun. that it was based on. It's yeah. fun to uh, just like yeah. go into a movie and not know what you're about to get. Yeah, and Absolutely. I was just like, all right, we got 14th century Frenchmen being played by Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Adam Driver, <laughs> and a lot of goofy haircuts. This this should be great. And then like the whole thing is about a rape. <laughs> I was just like, oh fuck. Oh like, man, that's I can <laughs> I can handle that. But I was just like. Oh shit! I this this could be bad for for like other people walking into this. Yeah. Like, ooh, ooh. Oh, I mean, it, like that kind of bad. Ba- yeah, it's like it's Rashomon, you know, kind of. Mm. But like, it's it's explicit. But I thought it was a good movie anyway. But yeah, I've I, I, I I've seen the reviews. I haven't seen it yet. But I, I was uh, I I don't think it's I, I've seen some criticism um, that it's ahistorical to have that many Dunkin' Donuts in 14th century. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Affleck, you know, yeah, he ha- he's very Boston in it. He's got the little chin goatee. Oh, excellent. Uh, God, perfect. He has like just like bleach blonde hair, which yeah, is just mm-hmm. insane looking. And the whole the whole uh, uh uh the whole arena that the jousting is taking place in is Fenway. It is it is just Fenway, yes. <laughs> it's a bunch of uh French noblemen. Uh, throwing pizza at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch the hell out of that movie. Yeah, like actually, a, now that I now that I say that, that would be like a be Romeo like plus cool. Juliet type, tell an old <laughs> ass story in just like fucking twenty twenty Boston. Uh, <laughs> that'd be fun. Dune was all right. I thought okay. a lot of a lot of people really love it, which I get. But I I, I thought it, I thought it was all right. I like I but I am a I'm a Lynch dune liker mm. i am a lynch dune pervert so i have no history with dune at all i haven't seen the lynch one i haven't read the books i didn't really even know anything about it other than people making memes in our old group dm about spice <laughs> and sandworms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so but i have friends who were like super into it and i had two friends separately go hey you're seeing this with me and i'm like okay so i went on thursday like opening night and i i didn't dislike it at any point but Mm -hmm. 
fuck it was long (laughs) it was so goddamn long and i did not know when it was gonna end and i'm just like like some long movies i can like i can hang um and some long movies just feel like eternity and i was checking my watch now the second the second time i went on on saturday i had i obviously knew what was happening and i had more context for what was happening and it was a breeze and i actually liked it a lot better also, yeah. I did see yeah. it on IMAX, which was incredibly good. Just like the visuals, the the sound vibrating my teeth, mm-hmm. it, was, it was great. It's the kind of movie that I wouldn't necessarily seek out, but I don't really have any criticisms of it, other than it's too long. And even then, it's only too long if you don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I just think it's uh, it needed to be half an hour longer or half an hour shorter mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. this is what it is kind of where where i sit on that one i went to see um 2001 a space odyssey in theaters a month ago oh cool fantastic experience That'd be really cool. by the way yeah yeah um, i would love to but do that. that bitch had an intermission <laughs> yeah more intermissions please i would love that I'm especially begging like, you. i take spyro i have to piss all the time like getting through a two and a half hour movie like it's without, without pissing, yeah. it sucks. It sucks. I have a tiny hamster bladder and ADHD, so like, give me an intermission. You want your big ass mm. thing of popcorn? You want your like seventy two ounce thing of soda, soda pop? That's like the movie going yep. experience. Exactly. I'll just say this: runtime of French Dispatch, tight hundred and thirteen minutes. Love, love that. The ideal, the ideal length of a movie for me is ninety minutes. Yeah. That's that's about perfect. We, mm-hmm. we actually, I was did a, a movie night with some friends the other night. We watched Your Next, uh, which is a mm. great horror movie from 2011. I really recommend. But it was like it was a little under 90 minutes, and it was just like perfect, like in out, 15 minutes of setup, ex, you know, exposition. Then it's just like right into it, and it rolls the whole time. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I've just been doing all horror movies this month, and like Dune, yeah. I think was the only non-horror movie I've watched <laughs> this month, and I've watched several. I did that last year. Last October, I just watched a ton of vampire movies. Oh, I remember that, yeah. That was a really good Mm -hmm. time. I've been doing a thing where every October I watch 13 new horror movies like that I haven't seen before to try and like catch up. And of course, I'm starting to run run out of (laughs) movies because I'm just yeah. Like, uh, but this year I'm going through a lot of uh, Carpenter's non non Halloween or thing catalog. Oh, that's a really good pick. I did uh, The Fog, mm-hmm. Prince of Darkness, and uh, In the Mouth of Madness. And they all fucking whip. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Carpenter rules. Yeah, totally. Speaking of horrors, <laughs> subjected yes. onto us. I just think we needed to, uh, to transition into that. Yeah, this... We weren't just doing a bit where we... <laughs> We're gonna talk about. Oh, I was. I entire... brought up the whole horror movie <laughs> yeah. thing to, to elongate <laughs> to the process. To keep it going. Yeah. No, yeah. I respect yeah. it. Yeah. No. I, I guess. Yeah. I guess we are. We are a baseball podcast. Yeah. I guess we should talk about this a little bit. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're listening to this, you know, you know it's you know how we feel about this. Mm-hmm. We we are on the record. We sh- we should say what happened. Uh, Houston yeah. advanced over the Red Sox and. Uh, uh, Braves advanced over the Dodgers the other night. We are one night before the first game of the World Series. I'll, I'm sure I'll enjoy a number of the players who were quite fun, uh, like Jordan Alvarez and Jack Peterson. And uh, it'll be cool to see if Dusty Baker gets a ring. And uh, He doesn't have a ring, does he? He does not, no. no. Mm. He has, like, the most major league games for somebody that doesn't have a ring yeah. as manager. Mm. But I, I think, like Jane uh, was saying, um, I, I'm kind of burned out on the complaining we did, we've, we've done about both these teams, and the front offices and the organizations and the fan bases, and it's been sad. Yeah, yep. I can. I'm not burned out on the complaining. I can <laughs> complain until I fucking <laughs> like lose all of the air in my lungs. But I also don't want to be like that annoying asshole that everybody is sick and fucking tired of. Yeah, we're we're gonna get hopefully seven competitive games of baseball, and then we can never think about it again. And I'm fine with that. I will bring up this one kind of complaining question: Who's more annoying in the long run if they win a World Series here, the Braves or Houston? So, the, we're talking fans and not players, right? 
Yeah. I mean, Houston's kind of the players too, though. Yeah, because, yeah. Because yeah. they're because it's gonna because I think like as much as I don't want to see. I don't want to see either of these teams win, obviously. This is a lot like 2016 for me, where it's just like, I hate both of these teams. I do not want to see either of them win a World Series. But, like, and I, you know, I, like, we've talked about the chop and all of the, that, that shit with the Braves. I think it would only be, it would only be, like, annoying for a little while. People would, I think people would kind of forget about that. But, like, it would be awful to give those people anything nice. Yeah. But Houston would be annoying for years and years and years. Like, this would be some sort of, like you know we told you so proving the haters wrong right 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 everybody like prove yeah proving the haters wrong i think they would be anno- even though there's like not a ton of those players left anymore from 2017's yeah. uh roster houston roster but i think it'd be annoying for years and years to come i think so you're right oh go ahead you're right objectively <laughs> <laughs> but from my perspective the astros are already fucking annoying like Astros fans and Astros players doing the whole uh, we're proving the haters and the losers wrong that's that ship's already sailed because then they could just be like well we get to we got to another World Series even if they lose they're gonna be annoying either way and I would rather just endure them being annoying like they have been the past three years already than have to fucking deal with Atlanta I don't want to do it that's and fair. as a division rival of, as a fan of a division rival of them, uh, I can't fucking do it. That's that's valid. I think um, I think I'm gonna do some advanced uh, scrying, uh, some like deep dive into my psyche, um, conjuring uh, a, a, a vision of the future guy to get mad at. Um, it's a bit out there. Um, it's a deep dive uh, into. My own psyche of well-known haters. I worry that if the Braves win, there's a chance down the line, if they don't repeat anytime soon, there could be someone saying, well, they only ever got there without Acuna. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. I do not root for laundry. Or I do not root for players. I root for laundry. Um... (laughs) The player's calculation in this matchup is very harmful to me because the team I am regretfully picking is the one with the objectively terrible, awful players, and the team that I hate has all the good ones. If Acuna were playing, I think that would that would just tip the scales for me, and oh, I would have to, and I would like, and it would make me so mad <laughs> knowing that he's not there. You're you're totally right. Like that would hurts them in the likability category, and like yeah, like if they like let Freeman walk in free agency. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you know the team just does isn't as good, you know, in the future. Then yeah, then like it's just like oh yeah, who needs this Acuna bum? That would be really really terrible. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, it would be like it'd be oh. like when Harper left the Nats and they won, and it's like a reflection mm. on Harper oh. that that happened in some way. Like no, they were still a good team without him. They still had Juan Soto, and he would have made that team better. Like it, I don't know. This is again very much looking into the future and casting bones to conjure a guy to get mad at. But <laughs> yes, very. This is a, a future guy we're making up to. But like... here's the thing: <laughs> that guy will exist if this happens. That's true. That's my concern, especially if Acuna goes on to have a long and successful career that attracts haters, mm-hmm. like like Steven. Right. I don't hate him. <laughs> Not yet. I like him. Okay. You know, guys, I have seen uh, that. I don't have to make up to get mad at that are annoying are the, um, it's, it's not even like worth bringing up, but the, the guys who are like, I knew the twins should not have, uh, should not have DFA'd Rosario. <laughs> <laughs> that has been a very, very annoying one. <laughs> like that, have, that has been real. Like, so like Eddie Rosario wins NLCS <laughs> MVP. Yeah, with like a 600 OBP for the series. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah, it's like a 1600 OPS yeah. or something for the series. Like he's just been unreal for like you know a couple weeks now, for like two weeks, three weeks, whatever. And it's just all these people being like, "Oh my God, Eddie Rosario is like the best player in the in the world right now." But 
this that's that's who Eddie Rosario is. Like I watched him do that on the Twins so much, where it's like, yeah, he's the, he's carrying this team for like three weeks. But like we are due at any moment now. Like I think this this World Series, we could see a three pop ups in a row, like three pop up outs in a row in one game. You know, swinging at stuff two feet out of the strike zone because you need to throw him two sliders in a single uh, plate appearance. Uh, the the dumbest toot plans you've ever seen, just some of the worst fielding you've ever seen. Like all that stuff is definitely coming here. And like Eddie Rosario was terrible until he got to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was awful with Cleveland. I'm really I love Eddie Rosario. Like I really really loved him when he was on the Twins. But like. I, I don't know. That's it's. This is all very, very. I'm not. I'm not actually mad. I'm. I'm laughing at uh, how good Rosario's been now and how mm-hmm. <laughs> not good he was for basically a year and a half uh, <laughs> before this. Isn't that a great feeling? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where was Where was this when we were playing, play, or when the Twins were playing against the Yankees in 2019? When I had to watch you get sweeped away <laughs> Target Field. But good. I'm. I don't know. Good for him. I hope that this can lead to him getting some money because like nobody mm-hmm. wanted to pay his arbitration salary before this off season mm-hmm. for his last off or before his last season. I should say Jock Peterson is cool too. Yeah. yeah I've, I've long like, I've long liked Jock since when he was on the Dodgers. He's always seemed like a really fun personality and uh, he's another guy who gets like really good hot streaks uh, on occasion. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like really fun in that uh, home run derby with Vladdy a couple years ago. That was better than the actual final uh, competition that year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He was fun, but his, his pearls, they're the, they're the talk of the town right now. Mm-hmm. I, d- I do love his, his pearl necklace that he, <laughs> that he wears. Uh, and there was a, there was a good story about it. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. From Sports Illustrated here. Uh, pearls before swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meet the man behind the Jocktober bling. And there's a good text exchange that they relay in this <laughs> where Jock says, sends to his jeweler, I want to do something really different. I want to make a nice fashion statement. And I'm thinking about pearls. And then the jeweler just texts him back a question mark. <laughs> 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 and then says, pearl necklaces are for, you know, women. But Peterson insisted. He said, that's what I want to do, and that's what we did. And he was fucking right. <laughs> and he was right. It's a great it's look. Awesome. It's an amazing look. It's so cool. It's so different. It's so cool. Love it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And now apparently jewelers are just selling tons of. <laughs> it's all oh over Atlanta. God. They're selling five dollars strands of them at the ballpark. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. I, I love an exchange in there with the jeweler and uh, Peterson as well. Later in the article, where it's. Where the jeweler's like, well, you know, they make all these more heteronormative kinds of pearls. You could wear a black pearl. You could wear like a, you know, something that's a little less uh, gay. He doesn't say that, but that's kind of the implication. Uh, And Peter's like, no, I want the white pearls. I'm a bad bitch. I want those shining white pearls. I don't want the masculine ones. Just and he's just like, I'm a bad bitch. (laughs) He's literally says, I'm a bad bitch. I love it. And it would be so so good. It would be so lame and corny if they had been black pearls. He was absolutely correct. Good, great instincts from Jock here. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Pure fashion. And it was totally ruined in a later look because I'm pretty sure he's wearing an NFT and a hoodie in, in, in one of the later uh, game oh. pre-footage. Oh, God. Oh, his, no. his pre-game fits are some of the worst I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I love like, most of them. I, I think most of them are great, just in how um, like completely he dresses he is. like yeah. a Melissa McCarthy character. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I got Lauren. I got her. Oh. <laughs> uh. uh. I very nearly <laughs> threw up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you have a God. glass of water or something? <laughs> I, I, I do. <laughs> that's that's only 70% you. I was already feeling kind of crazy. Hey, 70% is a good amount. I'll take it.
we want to talk about um, <laughs> Bob Nightingale being mm. as terrible as ever. S- speaking of uh, bad bitches, yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Nightingale's uh, USA Today piece, Sweet Revenge, Atlanta knocks off Los Angeles Dodgers to advance to World Series. Ugh. Ugh. Atlanta. Atlanta is still seizing that Major League Baseball stripped the All-Star game away from their beloved city this summer. Well, politics or not, there's absolutely nothing MLB can do to stop Atlanta now. Atlanta will host the World Series for the first time since 1999. Blah, blah, blah. It was sweet revenge, Southern style. See that? <laughs> with, a, with a sellout crowd of uh, 43,060 at Truist Park, loving every minute. This just really sucks yeah. <laughs> so it, much. It's so it's so stupid. It's 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 uh it's too on the nose that Southern style in this context means making it harder for Black people to vote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> is which is what that politics or not was about. They took the All Star yeah. game away because of Georgia's repressive new voter laws that made it harder for Black people to vote. That was the purpose of them. That was the point. <laughs> It mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. like take that out of it's the worst kind of like sports writer brain narrative focus to pretend that that's like an optional clause in the discussion and to pretend that like the players are doing this as re- like oh they were playing super hard as revenge for getting the all star game in taken any away any context yeah it's it's incredible they don't. The players didn't give a shit that the All-Star game got moved to Denver. Half the good players weren't there at the All-Star break. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Really, really, really stupid. One of Bob's worst in a while. Like, Really grim. (laughs) Like, really dumb. There's another part here, though, uh, a little bit after that, where he says, uh, whoever wins the World Series promises to be quite the World Series trophy presentation. If it's Atlanta, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred is going to get booed from Cobb County to Savannah for moving the All-Star game to Denver in protest of Georgia's voting laws. And if it's Houston, Manfred will be booed from Minute Maid Park to the Alamo for exposing the Astros' cheating scandal, which led to the firing of GM Jeff Lunau and manager A.J. Hinch and national embarrassment. Like... Does 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 he not know that Rob Manfred gets booed literally everywhere? Yeah, thirty he goes? out of thirty parks will boo Rob Manfred. No matter no matter what, he gets booed. He probably gets booed like by his wife when he's getting <laughs> into bed. Like he, this this is it's so fucking silly. God, Bob sucks. Yeah, it it almost feels like it's not even worth mentioning because it's like USA Today is not read by anyone who isn't staying in a hotel. Bob Nightingale's mm-hmm, yeah. been a joke for decades now who still somehow got the sinecure um in in baseball writing for some reason because he presumably knows who killed kennedy or something (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea there's no explanation for it but it's it was so bad he's got epstein level blackmail on somebody it has to be i think let's not talk about that anymore it may we'll talk about world series stuff i'm sure or something with the braves i'm sure when we get to mailbag questions but uh, one more thing before we get there, uh, I got a. Then we have an AP News report. It says Major League with headline: Major League Baseball work stoppage almost certain on December second. Oh wow, that is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Seems to not shock us at all, but other people seem fairly surprised by this, and I don't know why. Some of the first things that they bring up here, like mm. getting rid of arbitration and keeping players under team control until the off season after they're 29 and a half like so what you just get minimum <laughs> league minimum until you're 29 years old cool uh like of course that stuff's not going to happen in like just like anybody who's surprised by this i should say yeah like it's just not paying attention right yeah uh it's it's on it's in the it's in the teams and major league baseball's like best interest for there to be a work stoppage or for mm-hmm. there to be for there for this to go on uh because they like the shorter uh, post or shorter off seasons it helps them drive down salaries so of course they're going to do this yeah and I, I i think it's less interesting of the content than it is the fact that uh it's it's a story that can no longer kind of fly under the radar for a lot of fans it's mm-hmm. about to be we're, we're a week or two away from it being the omnipresent narrative uh, of the off season probably of baseball probably for the foreseeable future 
and it's interesting that it's finally being talked about in in stark uh frank terms yeah that was the most surprising thing about this to me it wasn't the news it was the way that the news is being talked about by mm-hmm. a publication like ap right. like yeah exactly. they said work stoppage like oh okay yeah that, that yep yeah. that said it it, it should be there should be some focus on the fact that it's a lockout first before it's a strike. It's mm-hmm. it's management saying mm-hmm. that the, this is expired and you're not allowed to play baseball before it is anything else. Uh, and I think it's very important also to probably think, um, well, I don't know, that this is getting a little bit of speculation on my part, but I, I, I do think when we talk about the proposals out laid out there by management, I think it's probably both management and the players knowing these are starting terms in a larger, larger argument. Uh, For sure. Not mm-hmm. something that either side is going to say it's it's 100% this or we, we walk. Um, maybe that's a little mm-hmm. optimistic on my part. Maybe that's a little bit, um, maybe that's under anticipating how uh, willing ownership is to play hardball and, and kind of risk their uh, steady cash cow on a prolonged strike when they've been making more money every year for God knows how many years. Uh, but we'll see. Uh Hopefully it's the start of uh, like some serious negotiation that we actually get to see. Yeah. I mean, I, I just really hope that this is, it's, it's very hopeful for me here, but just that this, they can do something Mm -hmm. that will stop tanking just the outright horrible, horrible tanking. That's really plagued (laughs) this league for years now, especially since teams like the Chicago Cubs and the Houston Astros have just pioneered these extreme versions of it mm-hmm. or, you know, and have been successful with it while other teams have just figured it's profitable to just be bad mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of like really doing anything. Yeah. Just, uh, just stay cheap and bad forever. And as long as you yeah. say there's a plan, fans seem to kind of cut you some slack. Orioles. Pirates. pirates. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. We'll have Charles on again at some point, I'm sure. Oh, to, yeah. Uh, to talk about that. Because we, we need to, uh, for his own good, we need to have <laughs> him on to talk about the pirates. Otherwise... Uh, he he might die. Yeah, he needs he needs to be able to expel that toxin from his body at some like yeah. at regular intervals. That'll definitely be a huge, oh, huge yeah. story of this off season, like Lauren is saying. So get ready for us to talk about we've that. We've got a lot you. More. We've got you covered on that topic for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we'll have guests to talk about that for sure. Mm-hmm. That'll be an, that'll be an interesting one to follow throughout this off season. That's enough about that stuff. Not the, not the most fun topics here, except for Jock Peterson. That was fun, <laughs> but uh, we can get to mailbag though. Let's yeah, for it. sure. At Are You Amir says, as a soccer fan, I had the joy of watching Manchester United and Cristiano Ronaldo lose five to zero. Excuse me, five to nil <laughs> <laughs> at home to Liverpool on Sunday. What is a spectacular baseball loss you'd love to see, or if you've already seen a dream loss, what is it? <laughs> it's too obvious if I pick 2007, 2001 game seven, right? Mm-hmm. I think okay. that's, that's no, but that's, I think that's a totally valid answer. It is, it is like a, it is a real one. I, yeah. Yeah. When the, the, when the D backs saved America from a <laughs> post nine 11 Yankees uh, world series, that that's actually absolutely a valid, yeah. valid answer. I mean, I figure I, I have a, a little um, a print of it, uh, of the play in in my bedroom. Uh, in a little framed <laughs> case, and I thought about getting a tattoo of it. Uh, I just got to figure out how to how to do it. Uh, so we're we're going we're going pure Schadenfreude. Uh huh. Hmm. Oh, I have a second one too for after Steven. Oh no, you go ahead. I'm still thinking. Okay. There's a lot of teams I hate. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the game where Chase uh, or uh, Noah Syndergaard threw behind Chase Utley. Uh, oh following, yes! Following the Ruben Tejada, the next season uh, from the uh, slide into second incident, he throws the ass in the jackpot game, right? Yes, it was. It yeah, was it ass was. In the jackpot game. It is what it is, but that's that ain't gonna happen. Our our ass is in the jackpot. We don't do something there. I'm just telling. Take him! Take him! Take him! Take him! Terry! 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 Terry, Terry, listen to me and let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Oh, why you know the situation, I Terry. Know, why okay. don't you get a shot, Terry? Because that, does it, that makes oh, it worse. Shit. Terry, that makes it fucking worse. I know it. But MLB did nothing to that guy. 
nothing. Okay, that, that I, I can't Stop control that. that, Terry. I can't control that. How no, do you no, know that? Terry, listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay, that's what I'm just telling you. Oh, fucking motherfucker. You know what? That, that, that's, you got it. You got it. Okay, get it. You got everything out. It was also, <laughs> I, I should finish the, the, the thought. He threw behind Chase Utley, and Chase Utley then hit two home runs. <laughs> one of them was a grand slam. One of, yeah, but the one right after, I think. Or maybe it was the one later one. I don't remember, but. Yeah, I think I think he scored like six or seven of the runs that night that the Dodgers scored, and it's that's just so beautiful. Just a thing of majesty. Yeah, that's like an all-time great baseball memory for me. Yeah, that's a that's a spectacular one. I'm a, I'm a I'm a suffering Twins fan. They have the longest postseason losing streak of like any major sports team going right now Mm -hmm. uh and i would really really love to see them beat the yankees in the postseason like especially to advance uh to advance a series in the postseason convincingly yeah Mm -hmm. like convincingly Mm -hmm. crush the yankees like at yankee stadium even would be would be so good Mm -hmm. what i have seen though that was a really wonderful one to experience was i remember the date it was uh 9 11 2018 uh, I went to Target Field for Twins versus Yankees uh, to celebrate my birthday, and uh, Joe Mauer hit a grand slam <laughs> uh, off the Yankees to make the score ten to one. Uh, that that was really beautiful. beautiful. Uh, that was one of Williams Astadio's first games too. I remember him getting an RBI, scoring a run, and stuff off of that too. Beautiful. They ended up they ended up only winning at ten to five because you know they brought in the they brought in the B the B tier bullpen guys but that was that was a wonderful moment seeing uh joe mauer in one of his last games hit because he didn't he didn't hit a lot of home runs in his day he hit a lot of doubles a lot of singles uh but he didn't hit a whole lot of home runs and the joe mauer grand slam to just like nail in the coffin mm-hmm. and the yankees on a 9-11 game that was there for my birthday he wonderful. did that for you he did that for me. Uh-huh. He did that for me. One of one of the most fun times I've ever had at a ballpark, <laughs> for sure. Very good pick. Steven, what do you got? I honestly, there's so many different options I could possibly go with that I'm <laughs> blanking. It's sort of like... Uh, <laughs> so I'll actually go with two, two things that happened uh, this postseason. This postseason has been a nightmare for me, <laughs> yeah. specifically. But I did get to see two of the teams I hate the most lose excruciatingly to their biggest rivals. And I am, of course, referring to the Yankees getting bounced by the Red Sox in the wild card game and the Giants getting <laughs> getting beaten by the Dodgers on a on a fucking flimsy call. Yeah, at, like <laughs> that had, in game five. They were it was a one run game. It was very close. The whole series was close. And it suddenly ended with a whimper, and yes. everyone in everyone in San Francisco just like went apoplectic, and it it had I can't imagine how they much lost their minds that yeah. hurt for them, and that was fantastic <laughs> for me. I'm not a huge I don't like the Dodgers, but that was such a beautiful moment for me. That's extremely <laughs> that's an extremely good pick. Yeah, I'm gonna say history yeah. is on your side with that one. That's gonna stand for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next question uh, at Sad Man Baseball. Uh, what do I do as a Braves fan who absolutely one hundred percent hates the chop? You know, um, there was a really cool cause a couple years ago um, where anytime Danny Murphy hit a home run, a bunch of people would what was it? Give a dollar to a mm-hmm. charity group. For I remember that anti that was, uh, Rockies. Uh, Rockies Twitter did that. Yeah, Rockies Twitter did that, and that was that was cool um, to groups that were providing services for I think homeless LGBT youth if I'm remembering correctly uh, it would not hurt you as an individual uh, or as you as a group of friends to you know kick a couple bucks to uh, some charity or group working on a, a, a reservation providing services to Native Americans in Georgia if you can that would assuage I think some guilt uh, in a productive way uh, not just necessarily torturing yourself on for the, for the sake of torturing yourself, as baseball fans love to do. Um, mm-hmm. Not to tell the people how to spend their money, but uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. That's Yeah, that's actually... I hadn't thought of that. Um, 
that's a good idea. Uh, the the dollar amount that you attach to every time they do the chop is going to have to be extremely low. <laughs> yeah, um, I was thinking do home runs or something because if you're tying it to the chop itself, you are screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's going to be every goddamn play. Yeah. My serious good faith answer is like, be loud about it. When I know teams always do like the the fan the fan surveys when you like get tickets or whatever, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Like, be very vocal and clear to anyone who will listen that you fucking hate this. Like, I know I've seen a lot of... I've seen a a few Braves fans that I'm mutuals with on Twitter, like, constantly having to deal with this, like like other Braves fans coming at them and, and like, being like, oh, you're a traitor and whatever, and just, like... Ugh, God. Just tell them to grow up. The whole thing is... The people who like it have decided that they like it. It's a part of their personality a, now. Yeah, you know, it's a <laughs> political stance that mm-hmm. they're taking. It's a triggering the libs thing. It's mm-hmm. it's another, yeah. A really dumb, cruel stance. Just another one of those that they're taking it. That they, yeah, they, they like that. They're going to keep doing it until, like, the team cracks down somehow. Which the team is not going mm-hmm. to do unless yeah, there's, no. like, significant pushback. And, like... I saw someone mention, like, maybe it's good that the Braves are in the World Series because now we have this huge spotlight on this disgusting thing that happens. And I'm like, no one's going to care. Like, the discourse is going to happen, and it's going to suck, and everybody's going to be miserable about it because no one's going to listen to each other. The people who like it, like it, and the people who hate it, hate it, and nothing, nothing is going to substantially change until, like... Yeah, I, I am so grateful that... I don't have that particular uh, moral quandary tied up in my fandoms because, um, as, as because my my love of my teams is very irrational and very strong, <laughs> and mm-hmm. if I had been born in Atlanta, I would be dealing with this problem as well. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously it's a thing to, it's a cudgel to beat them with as an opposing fan for shit talking and i obviously am liberal with its use but like at the end of the day that's there's there's been a lot of talk late especially in the past week about like the morality of rooting for a baseball team and it's just mm-hmm. like they're all they're all yeah. bad they're all different flavors of bad atlantis flavor is just very uh mm-hmm. unique now it's now it's unique to the to them now that you know Cleveland's changing their name. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. All yeah. of all of these all of these teams make their money, you know, exploiting Latin teenagers, Latin American teenagers, mm-hmm. and you Which know the Braves have a, also done. Yep, uh, just a, a bevy of other <laughs> horrible horrible practices. Yep, that every single one of them has mm-hmm. done. Uh, the you know look at where the Dodgers stadium itself is. You know, all of them have really, really terrible shit about them. Like, I don't think you have to beat yourself too bad. Mm-hmm. Up, up, I don't think you should beat yourself up too bad about, like, being a Braves fan, I guess. But, like, yeah. But it does make me think about this next question here from Jenny, or Jenny, beer lover, 69. Uh, why did God curse me with being a Mets fan? Uh, like, I don't know. Is there some sort of, like, Calvinist thinking that everybody <laughs> has here about, like, you have to root for the team that you grew up by? Like, you have to be a Braves fan here. Because you're from the, uh, you know, huge part of the country that Braves pull their fans from, or you have to be a Mets fan because you're from fucking Long Island or whatever. I think that's very much something a lot of people feel, uh, and I really yeah. wish I could just kill that instinct in everyone's heads. Because you don't, you don't yeah. have to. It's supposed to be fun, um, and if you enjoy the suffering and torture, as a lot of people do, if you enjoy that Protestant impulse, Stephen just raised his hand. Yes, we know. Um, if you enjoy that impulse, by all means, indulge in it. Um, but if it's seriously like painful and hurts and you're just suffering for no reason, knock it off. Go, go root for the, um, go, go root for the Padres. Go root for the, the, the Royals. Who gives a shit? Um, uh, my recommendation as someone who, uh, can't get rid of that psychosis is a embrace it. Um, you you've been blessed as a Mets fan because you get to be one of the main characters of the sport for better or for worse. And it is mostly worse, but like you still get way more attention than like a fucking Rays fan. So like, enjoy that. That's true. And also if you want to like, if you want to experience success, pick a handful of other baseball teams that you like and hope like 
pick a second team, pick a third team, and just like in the in the postseason, pick a bandwagon team. There's nothing wrong with bandwagoning other teams because you got to get that joy from from fucking somewhere, and it's not going to be the Mets. Just go root for Alabama. You get to say Roll Tide a lot. Yeah, why not? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, saying Roll Tide's really fun. Just do that. You know, thinking about it a little deeper now, I, I think um, there's a through line here uh, to the kind of thinking you see about gender. Um, <laughs> you don't really have to stick with what you're born with. You can bail if it's not your vibe. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I think a lot of people feel like they're stuck one way forever, no matter what. And it's an intractable part of your personality that you can never get, get away from. And that's false. On the distraction Roth's podcast a couple weeks ago, some guy wrote in like being like, Hey, I, I'm, uh, I've been known as Andy forever, but I want people to call me Andrew. Is it a, is it a, like a jerk move to insist that people call me, <laughs> call me, uh, call me Andrew to insist that people do that. Like, and just like thinking about that as a trans person was so funny. Like, <laughs> like, dude, that is, you can be Andrea just as easily, man. It's like, yeah, like, no, that's the easiest thing in the world to, to, to just be like, hey, it's Andrew. Like, you can change your name too. Like, yeah. anybody can do it. It costs like two hundred bucks. Any it's of the shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be a Mets fan. Don't have to be a Braves fan. No. You can you have that surgically you don't have to removed. Be a man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, next one at C. Bunnell. Why did Albert Bell never think to keep his bat with him after he hit the ball and clobber opposing infielders while he rounded the base paths? <laughs> I don't know a ton about Albert Bell. I know that he was like kind of a jerk. And I know the thing, the story about him where he um, got caught with a corked bat and then he had one of the relievers on his team do like a burglary <laughs> to like, he went through the ceiling to steal it from the umpire's room. Yeah. An all time great baseball heist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> an amazing story. And like just proving that relievers are just like the backbone of, <laughs> of baseball. Like they are, they are down for whatever. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love relievers. They absolutely keep the but- grease on the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> to the actual question, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalocialism. Hey, James. Friend of the pod. Uh, friend of the pod. Did you know that the extended edition of That Thing You Do increases the 1996 nostalgia field owed to the 60s pop music's runtime from 108 minutes to 148 minutes? Also, why in the world would anyone refuse to get engaged to Liv Tyler? I did know that because a couple months ago... I was just like, I don't know, I got a weird bug up my ass to watch that thing you do. I think somebody mentioned it on Twitter or something, and I was like, yeah, I haven't seen that forever. And I saw that there was a 148-minute version (laughs) and just thought, that is entirely too ridiculous. Uh, But I, I put it on, and it's... It's it's obscene uh, how much like like the they made the beginning part of that movie about twenty minutes longer. Oh god! <laughs> like it's just I don't know. It's it's terrible. It's baffling. I I like that movie, but it's a hundred eight minute movie. Like that's perfect for it. Yeah i i rewatched that re- I rewatched that recently too because it's the 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 main song is written by Adam um, Schlesinger um, uh, of of Fountains of Wayne and Ivy fame. Um, who passed mm. of, of COVID at the kind of the start of the pandemic? Um, who I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a huge fan of, so I, re- I rewatched it recently too, and that's it's still a great song. It's still like a perfect kind of pop song that yeah. was written to be a perfect pop, like one-off kind of dumb '60s pop song, and it's like flawless. Yeah. Absolutely. If the 40 minutes was just them singing that thing you do over and over and over again, I'd probably watch it. They are like I watched that 148 minute version and like. I swear it's like 20 minutes. Most most of it is 20 minutes at the beginning of it. And it's just way too long. But like they still play that song like 10 fucking times in that movie. Good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, Tom Hanks' uh, directorial de- debut. Fun. Uh, fun but why in the world there. would anyone refuse to get engaged to Liv Tyler? That's a great question. Yeah. Good. That, that, no was the, that, guy, was a, yeah. that guy was a big old dummy. That, that Jimmy character. <laughs> really, really dumb. Okay. Uh, how much of a team's performance or lack thereof do you think can really be said to be credited to slash blamed on a manager, especially in an era where front offices seemingly have more control over decisions than ever before? Uh, I, I personally think we saw some of the only place where it can still happen was Dave Roberts leaving Walker Buehler out too long. And then earlier in the 
series uh setting max out in relief when maybe that was a bad idea i, I really think outside that it's it's relatively little um impact that's like tangible in any kind of calculable way i think the, the modern manager is mostly there to create a vibe not unlike a dj outside of in-game <laughs> decisions it's very much just like what kind of clubhouse feel do you want do you mm-hmm. are you there to kind of hard ass the young guys are you there to just let the veterans run the show like but that's all hard to pin down i, I think it's it's ultimately a very small percentage if it was ever measurable that it's like achievable or um attributable to their decisions outside of like game day yeah i don't i don't think it's i don't think they have that big of an impact especially if you're talking about regular season yeah like it's it's really not that big of a deal as much as you know yankees fans or padres fans <laughs> or whatever or have fans. said over the your phillies yeah. fans have said over the course of the season uh i don't think it's yeah i don't think it's really that big of a deal i don't think that it's just like every decision it'll change team to team but i also don't think every decision decision is like handed down by the front office either like mm-hmm. i don't think that there is somebody up in a up in a like a the team offices or something running numbers and telling them what to do i mean obviously like the analytics is it influence it, you know it influences decisions they're they're kind of told like you know they're given information but it's not like there's a uh, spreadsheet telling them what to do. I don't think that that's like ever like actually no. how any of this stuff works at all. And I think we're far enough in now that teams have selected managers who are going to kind of play ball uh, for the most part with the analytics. Sure. So it's kind of a, a wash whether, you know, I'm sure analytics hands down uh, their recommendations and the manager probably most of the time is going to say, yeah, that's that should be the lineup. Um, and it's pretty rare at this point to have a guy who'd be like, that's, that's dumb. I'm going to play the matchup. Shut up at this phase of kind of the evolution of front office management. Uh, at history bro says, what team would you have Benjamin Cisco manage? Would he even be a good manager? <laughs> I put these questions next to each other on purpose. <laughs> I think he'd be a great manager. I think he'd be a hard ass manager. Who's uh, very much old school. And like you bring him in at the start of the rebuild or at the end of the rebuild to get the young players fired up and locked in. Uh, yeah. And then he blows it in the seventh inning, uh, I'm trying to figure out what the baseball analysis of genocide is. Um, <laughs> something, something, blown bullpen, uh, telling them to throw at a guy's head. I don't know. But, yeah, I think I, I think he'd be a good manager for, like, um, maybe the Tigers next year. Yeah, okay. Replace Hinch. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I would love a Cisco monologue uh, about the Houston Astros <laughs> where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> justifying like, their decisions yeah yeah or he's like i lied i signed <laughs> or i traded for relievers that <laughs> i traded for relievers that were domestic abusers i banged on trash cans and the thing is i would do it again and then like, <laughs> like I, and I... I lied i cheated i bribed men to cover the crimes of other men. But the most damning thing of all, I think I can live with it. And if I had to do it all over again, I would. I would love that. I think that would be really good. You're right. You're absolutely right. He, he, that is that is Cisco the manager. You would absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then we have one from Jeremy Koo. We're, uh, we're, we're keeping up with Star Trek here. Uh, he says, thank you for sticking a pin in my question about Trey Turner. My next question is, is the Great Link a huge polycule? Thinking about this more in the way Change Leader uh, talks about the Great Link all obnoxious, like you wouldn't understand unless you were in it. Yeah, I, I think we should give Steven some context here. In Deep Space Nine... There are the, there's these characters um, called the Founders who are shapeshifters in the Delta Quadrant who um, uh, kind of run the show of the larger uh, villainous forces in, in Deep Space Nine. Uh, and they all live together in a big pool of uh, brilliant white light and fuck constantly in their amorphous blob forms and form mental links the whole time they're fucking that kind of regenerate them. Right, they're liquid shapeshifters. Yeah, and then yeah. they all just get into a big puddle, and and pool up and have like a hive mind consciousness while they're doing that. Where do I sign up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I can't say personally if it's like a polycule or not. I have never been in a polycule. God willing, I never will be. But uh, you know, I'm from the outside. Yeah, it kind of seems like it. Yeah, I do. I I do think it's. I got to rewatch all this stuff again. But I I love like uh, Odo sleeping in a bucket. I think that that (laughs) stuff is very very funny. Where he has to like revert to his uh, (laughs) his liquid form after you know like every sixteen hours or so. He gets tired. Kind of yeah. To kind of get tired. I love that. Yeah, there's just like a bucket in his room, and he wants like a gold bucket. He wants a gold pressed latinum bucket. It's like fancier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I love it too. Yeah. Do you think his bucket has a headboard? <laughs> <laughs> like is like is do you, does the DS9 station have like a bunch of 37 year old uh, Jezebel writers being like all these all these uh, all these straight shapeshifters? Don't regenerate with him if he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't if you go to a shapeshifter's house and there's just a a bucket in one corner and a PlayStation in the other. Uh, <laughs> don't fuck him. Uh, yeah. Uh, I. Um. I I have been uh in a polycule uh and it was very wet. Uh, so. <laughs> okay. Polycule. Uh. Odo po- or shapeshifter polycule confirmed. Yeah. I, I just want to add, I think it's, I think it's probably 50% polycule, 50% uh, small offshoot of a socialist organization that practices uh, democratic centralism. Mm. Yeah. It's like somewhere, and those often, those actually do kind of tend to be the same yeah, thing. That can... <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's just West Philly. Yeah. <laughs> You even have a place in Philadelphia called The Link, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know if those populations are uh, very overlapping, but yes. Everybody in Philadelphia just turned into uh, into water. <laughs> and polyculed on The just, Link. Just liquefying an Eagles game and having them all fuck in the stands. Oh, oh God. God, Barb and Tony are going to be fucking all over the place. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect visualization to end on, I think. Kathy. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, thank you for getting through all of the uh, Dune talk, the World Series talk, so we can get to what everybody really cares about. <laughs> Star Trek characters fucking. Star Trek fuck talk. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye.